Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Hercules, directed by Brett Ratner and released in 2014. We will talk spoilers on this one, so if you haven't seen it, you might want to go away and come back and listen to this one later. The plot of Hercules goes something like this. Having endured his legendary 12 labours, Hercules, the Greek demigod, has his life as a sword for hire tested when the king of Thrace and his daughter seek his aid in defeating a tyrannical warlord. Except the whole point of this movie is that he's not a demigod. Yes. Um, oh, God, this is so – this movie is um, – so, last week we talked about Lucy and I kind of mentioned this because we just watched it, but this movie is so much smarter than you think it's going to be. It's so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like, I heard it was bad but fun, but I didn't even – I genuinely liked this on a genuine level, not a, like, bad but fun level, but on a genuine level. No, it had so many good things going for it, right? It was – it used some really simple old-fashioned tropes and some really simple old-fashioned stories to appeal to people on a really basic level at which we need stories. And then it was um, – at the same time, there was this really old story, but it was also all about stories and how we create stories and legends and how important they are to people and how we play characters and how we develop characters. And it was really, really clever and well done. And, and it was simple and there was some, you know, dumb stuff in there with fridging and whatnot – but it was done really well and put together and also examined. Like I don't think they merely – I think they knew what tropes they were using and they worked with that and in in certain cases worked really hard to subvert them. Mm. Oh, I thought this was really clever and really fun. And I possibly had more fun watching this than I did Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if I had more fun watching this than Guardians of the Galaxy, but I certainly had as much fun, much more fun than I did when I was watching Lucy. But like, yeah, it's it's just really, I don't know. It was uh, kind of a classic B-movie type of feel to it, like something like Clash of the Titans or something that came out in the 80s. Um, I like the way that they used real sets like, and the costuming was fun, um, even if it did have a boo plate and ab, ab, abs, on abs drawn onto the onto. leather. Yeah, the, the poor Amazon lady with her bare stomach was probably slightly hard done by. But I feel like, and I'll get into, I, I didn't want to get into this up, this up front, but I'm going to. I feel like we've had just had a better Wonder Woman on screen than we're going to get in mm. Superman versus Batman. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> But she was a really good like, Wonder we Woman. We had this Amazonian whose name I can't remember, but she was wonderful. Atalanta. Atalanta, played yeah. by Ingrid Bolsa Berdal. Oh, no. It sounds Norwegian. Anyway, she was awesome. Mm -hmm. And an Amazon, uh, which fits right in with this. But I think when you, when you say B-movie, I feel like I want to say ancient Greek popular entertainment. Yeah. So it's it the, the storytelling tradition, it, it, it's sort of – has a lot of respect for and uses all the important things that made the Greek storytelling tradition work to make it work today. Yeah, and it really embraces the cheese factor and mm. and it has like it seems to have real extras in a lot of scenes, so kind of like Instead the old of, studio yeah. movies where they have I mean there's clearly a lot of CG in this as well, but I feel like they put I feel like there's a lot of effort and heart that's been put into this. Mm. I feel like they really tried to get, you know, those sets looking like um, ancient Greece and 
to have the chariots look cool and to have the um I mean a lot of it was a bit silly like the fight stuff which was fun silly it was yeah. a good silly but you know stuff they wouldn't have had then but a lot of it is also they they put the effort into really trying to make it look make their own world look real mm. for their world yep um I feel like people were genuinely into this I I I agree and I think it actually comes down to The Rock in a way. Now, The Rock has been acting on television in one of the longest-running soap operas going on, professional wrestling, right? Professional wrestling. He's been doing that for probably 20-plus years. He's been playing The Rock, and The Rock, uh, his tagline is the people's champion. And what he does in this movie is he is the people's champion, right? He is playing The Rock. That is the greatest role he knows how to play, but he really... And it's not just him, it's the people making it as well, but he really understands how to how to tell a story and he's really respectful of his audience and the people like that that he ta- he seems to take the people's champion aspect of this soap opera character and then this Hercules character very seriously. Like it's a movie that you can really celebrate as an ordinary person. It's about taking this ragtag team of farmers and making them into an army and then being and and it's got that wonderful thing that the Greek religious tradition has that the the monotheistic ones don't have, whereby your gods are idiots, right? <laughs> your Greek and Roman gods are awful. It's one of the things I've always liked about yeah, them. but they're but there's it's such a more realistic religion because basically what Greek and Roman mythology tells you is that the you your place is not at the bottom. The people who are above you are no better than you, and that. Being ruled by these kings doesn't necessarily work, and it's the power of the people yeah. that that is the real power behind the throne. And that's the spirit of this movie is about ordinary people. It's about knocking, literally knocking down the pantheon of the gods, and saying, "I'm not a god. I'm just a person, and you're just people. Hmm. And we're important. We're the ones who have the. We, we're the ones who should have the power." And we do if we work together, learn to fight, all that kind of stuff. And it was just a – it made me feel good watching it as well as being engaged with the story. I was like, this is really meta and I really appreciate the way they're doing it. I see. I was just looking up um, Reese Ritchie who, is, who plays his nephew. Yep. Um, the kid. John Snow, yeah. Who is three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the kid – his nephew is called Iolaus and it took me – about half an hour into the movie, and I was like, wait, that's Yolas, the sidekick from the TV show Hercules. Like, the little short, blonde, yeah. curly-haired sidekick was named the same thing as this nephew yeah. character. But they're just pronouncing it differently. But, yeah, it took me a while to sort of fit, put that together. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that was – I, I um, was just looking up what his ethnicity is because he also played racing in The Lovely Bones, and racing and, and this character are clearly different. Um, but anyway. Uh, he, he's he's British as far, um. <laughs> I looked it up his father is South African oh okay right so there you go not the point it has a lot of really fun great actors in it who are they seem to be genuinely having fun with it like nobody seems to be just phoning this in well that oh there yes the camaraderie of those five right that 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 main five, and I think this is why I was feeling Guardians of the Galaxy-ish like there's a team of five it's not just Hercules like he's not this solo hero that of legend there's a whole team of them but they seem to have genuinely good chemistry and they all of them are a stereotype or a archetype there's six of them 
Oh, is there? Okay. If you count the nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Six of them. Whatever. It, but the, this little team, yeah, right? Yeah, sorry. I wasn't trying is, to derail um, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this little team, though, like they're e- they've each got like a an archetype of a role. Like there's the wise old sage and there's, there's the hero. There's the sort of thrusting young man. There's the girl. The action the Amazon, girl. <laughs> the action girl, yes. Um, the Amazon, even quite literally in this one. There's the damaged warrior. The um, and which the greatest love story of the whole movie is the relationship between Hercules and I can't remember his name, the damaged warrior. I think both that one and the relationship between him and Rufus Sewell. Um, yeah, both of those were really sweet relationships. Exactly. Um, Tidius, I believe, was the damaged warrior. Mm. Tidius, like that relationship was this beautiful little the the emotional support between like the relationship he had with the with Rufus Sewell's character was different like they were sort of equals and warriors whereas well, there um, was like this emo- real emotional connection between the other two Rufus was the um Han Solo to yeah. Hercules's Luke Skywalker in right, this one Right exactly <laughs> but they were all archetypes right and that's fine because they know their archetypes and they work with that and they play with that and they genuinely seem to be interested in doing that yeah, it seems like everybody who's doing it is having fun. Mm. Even though these characters are pretty one note and even though all of that stuff is going on, it, it seems like people were really putting themselves into it. Um, I thought Ian McShane's Sage was quite adorable. He was hilarious. He was, he was great. Um, he spends the whole movie predicting his own death and it's quite it's quite funny. Um, and so he was good. Um, just everybody seemed to be really like getting down in these characters and having a good time. Mm. And also, it had a twist in the story that I genuinely didn't see coming. Mm. I don't know if you saw it coming. I thought there was going to be some other twist. Well, I was like, something's got to happen here. What's going on? And yeah, yeah it was. And, and But I really liked it because of what I was saying earlier about the wonderful message of the Greek gods being that your place is not at the bottom. You're just as powerful as these idiots who are in charge kind of thing. Mm. And it, it, it worked beautifully. I, I really liked it. But yeah, you're right. Everyone was really good. And like I said before, this is the best Wonder Woman I think we're going to get on screen for the next few years. I don't I, – I'm going to keep my hopes up for Gal Gadot because I like her. She seems really great. Mm. So I feel bad that she has been put into this yeah, I, franchise where it's a it's just a mess. Mm. It's such a mess. Yeah. But anyway, um, we, we had this like this amazing Amazon and she's not – I mean, she's where's the stupid boob armor? But she's not really sexualized. She's not. She's never has to be rescued. She's ne- there's never a threat of rape against her. No, she reminded me a bit of Sif. Oh, I've so much of Lady Sif in her role in this. Yeah, which is nice. I always like to see a character that's just a like because she's like a non-sexualized like, female warrior. It's great. Yeah. Although I didn't like the line about her being just doesn't count as a woman. She's just one of the boys. Ah ha ha ha. Which I. Yeah, but that was to show. But that's but it was coming from the main villain, and then she no, also shot him. Yeah, it came from John Hurt. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it? it didn't. This line came from Rufus Sewell when they're sitting around the fire, and he goes, "Oh, you're just one of the boys." Oh, oh, of course. I knew count. that was going to annoy you. Because I knew well, that, that was going to annoy me you. because it's happened to me. Yeah. And also because like. Sorry, I thought you it, meant the other one. Yeah. No, the other one. The other one was fine because she. Although I don't like the trope that women have to prove themselves in order to be yeah. counted as one of them, but she did just sort of go, "Well, screw you," which I like. So yeah. the other one didn't bother me as well, much. That one annoyed me. She did have a sharp, from- pretty sharp comeback. Sorry. Like she did have a pretty sharp comeback. I know. It him. just I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't I know like it when you. that happens to people because I'm like, it's you can still be a girl and kick butt, 
Like you don't have to. You don't have. You don't have to choose one of these two things. Yeah. And it seemed like he was sort of forcing her into like that role. Mm. You know. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I found that a bit unpleasant. But I I sort of took it in the spirit with which it was intended because I don't think any of the other guys felt that way necessarily. Yeah. Um, Auto Lycus is supposed to be kind of a a dick. Caddish. Yeah. He's he's mean, right? And he's and he yeah. I don't think so pretty. God, I love Rufus Sewell. Anyway. Do his eyes just are they, are they just like that? Like yes, I I don't know how. There's just there's just natural eyeliner right there. It's amazing. You mean like Nesta Carbonell? Yeah, yeah. No, but it's not just that. His eyes are so big and like mm-hmm. emotive, and I I Rufus Sewell has played bad guys and good guys in a very in a, a number of movies that I've seen, mm. mostly bad guys. And whenever he's a bad guy, you're just like, but he's so pretty. Mm. I like him so much. <laughs> um, Anyway, and and so I yeah I I understood where they were coming from and what they were doing with that, but I still it made me unhappy. Yeah, I know, I I get it. I was feeling like that was some kind of commentary, like he was a bit of an idiot because none of the none of the rest of the team felt like that about her at all. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Like, it was I, also in in a scene where I was actually more interested in some of the other commentary that was going on because it it sort of related to the fridging of his wife and children. And there was a really interesting Hercules' wife, Hercules's and, wife and children. Sorry, yes, the fridging of Hercules' wife and children. So very early on, we find out that his wife and kids have been horribly murdered. But in this scene, the new love interest, the king's daughter, has come to the camp and she's heard gossip that he actually killed his own wife and kids. And there's a really interesting sort of discussion that made me think that it was it was kind of smarter than what was going on on the surface and on the surface they say things like oh we've been army buddies together for this long i don't think he could have done that or where whatever but i think what was going on underneath, underneath that was that a bit of an exploration of domestic violence and how men in homosocial bonding situations will stand up for each other when they're violent you read that into that way more than i did i basically saw it as like a, well they never said he didn't do it Mm. But they definitely said we don't think he did it. Yeah, um, La- later on. But at that point, they raised the question: Did he do it? And the first thing that his mates do is they step in and start defending him. And so, to me, I I saw footballers or soldiers because you know how in, often in those sort of very male institutions, there's a there's quite often a, a rape and domestic violence problem. Mm. And so I saw like male soldiers or male footballers defending one another. Oh, we've been in this team for so so long. I couldn't see him doing that. Yeah. And I just thought that was an interesting bit of commentary. And I, I think perhaps I, I took the one about you're not really a girl in that same spirit. But I, it, it also, I, I really understand why that's annoying. And I, I find it irritating. Yeah. Yeah. That was all I meant. It was yeah, irritating. yeah. No, I I, um, I knew it would irritate you because I know that it's happened to you. Yes, literally the exact words that have come out of his mouth have come out of people's mouths when Men's talking about mouths. me before. Yeah, and that's it's so frustrating because you're like, I can do, I can like be friends with guys and hang out with guys without being one. Mm. Um, you don't, yeah. But yeah, I I felt like I mean it's so obvious that Hercules didn't kill his wife and kids as well. Yeah, it is. It is obvious later on. I just there no, was not a, even later on. There like, was a from moment. the very first flashback that you see. It's really obvious that he mm. didn't do it. Yeah, I know, but I I appreciated the raising of the question. I okay. think 
because and clearly this evil king had done it to him and tried to frame him for it and all that kind of and stuff. And Joseph Fiennes was so um, clearly evil from the first so time many he appears on being chewed. He was funny though in his yeah. little death scene. He got to he got to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, I, um, exactly. He had a great time. No, John no. Hurt got to have fun as well. Mm. I think some of the older actors like Ian McShane and John Hurt and stuff were just in this too enjoy themselves i know well, at first get the paycheck when i first was into it when i first started watching it i was like oh god what does she make me do and i'm like poor john hurt and then by the end i'm like oh i see why you agreed to this like this is fun for you hmm? for him for john hurt yeah. and yeah ian mcshane and oh, ian mcshane definitely it would have been fun like he would have read that character and gone yes please <laughs> yeah the, like, well that's the, the, all of those are like they are archetypes but they're fun and john hurt actually gets to do more than one thing because we don't know he's bad not from no, the start. No, not at the start, no. Um, so he gets to do a few different things. And I like that also um, even Eugenia, the the fe- the love interest, the second love interest. Mm, mm-hmm. His daughter, she, yeah. Um, John Hurt's daughter. John Hurt's daughter. She actually gets to do more than one thing. She te- taught herself healing yeah. and they make a point of it. Like she is a smart, capable woman who has raised her kid by herself, but like she isn't just a love interest she gets sort of her own character and she kind of gets to build that up as the movie goes on Mm. and i liked even the scene where she's about to die she was so furious you know and she like she just kept she kept kept fighting yelling and fighting as they were trying to cut her head off she kept fighting and she kept like fighting for her kid and for her city and for yeah everything she believed in. It was she was really good. Yeah, I liked her too. I was really hoping that she and Atalanta would get to talk, but they well, didn't. Again, and there's that another was a bit sad. the first, but the first point at which they meet is when she walks into a bar to find Hercules, and Atalanta's like, "What do you? What business do you have with Hercules?" Yeah, like that whole like oh, and and they again, it's a trope that they play with. They they. The idea that there's only, that I'm the, I'm the only woman good enough to be in his life now, and very quickly she backs off because this woman is like, no, actually I know what I'm doing and I need to talk to him, and she and then Atlanta thought, backs off. I saw that more of more as Atlanta being his defender, mm, like yeah, yeah, I, I she that's is, what she's doing, but yeah. it's also she's his bodyguard. She is, but it's also in a lot of ways actually with that a really yeah a really common. Um, idea that there can only be one girl in the gang. It was really fun as well to see at the beginning of the movie, you get all of these tales being told by Iolaus, right? The nephew. Mm. Um, and he's he's a sweetheart. And he tells these, you know, big, big, huge Hercules stories. And he beefs them up and he um, exaggerates He's PR stuff. and comms for yes. the Hercules gang. And uh, and you get to see all the stories as told from him point of view. But then over the credits at the end, you rewatch those scenes from the beginning and you see how the whole team did it instead yeah. of it just being Hercules, mm-hmm. which was a really neat little thing. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that. I did too. Well, and that's part of how this movie is so meta. It's all about the importance of storytelling. Like this kid. And teamwork. And, well, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, this is one of the things that is important about him though. Is so we kept whispering to each other, he's going to die, he's going to die, like through the whole movie because we're like this, you know, he, he was this. I did not see the the one death coming. No, me, me neither. And it was beautiful when it did. Mm. But he he shows the importance of storytelling and the importance of whether it's a Greek myth or, you know, the weekly wrestling soap opera or whatever it is, he, do, he has an important function in the team and we see him rally the troops through the use of storytelling and PR and we 
see that his role matters and that the storyteller matters. And I just he, realized yeah. there's a point where he says, um, I think I'm ready to fight now. And then he never fights again. No. <laughs> but, and, and he has, because he has one scene where he saves Hercules. Yeah. And that's his big moment. He's trained for it. He finally gets to do something in battle. And Hercules is like, good on you, mate. You know, keep keep fighting. But he doesn't – we never, ever see him fight again. No, it's funny. Nobody, still... nobody really fights. Well, he might have punched a couple guards, but nobody ever fights again. No, because they – It's really odd. Well, it's more of a tactical retreat against um John Hurt's army. Like, they, they throw fire at them and all that kind of stuff. They don't actually fight. Yeah. And Drop then, a statue on them. Yeah. Which does make me wonder, was Hercules actually the son of Zeus or not? I don't think it matters. Because there's no way that he could have done – no, exactly, it doesn't matter. But also I thought the the, the line about he's a hero because he believed in it was so on the nose. Mm. Um, but oh, I liked was... sometimes they embraced the cheese, like yeah. the scene when they when he's like, who are you? I believe in you. We all believe in you. Look at all these things you've done. Who are you? And he goes, I am Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> well, that That's what the – um, you know the third new Star Wars movie where – Anakin is like in no. the no that that didn't embrace the cheese and everybody makes fun of it. Whereas this that that I am Hercules line, they knew it would be made fun of. They were like, that's meant to be dumb, and we'll just go with it. Yeah, yeah. They they totally embraced this cheese in that mm. bit. Although yeah, the bit at the end where Ian McShane's character like has a little voiceover, and I'm like, we got all this. He t- he basically tells the story we've just seen yeah. over again, and I'm like, we saw that, we figured that out. And then at the end of it, he gets the little line about, <laughs> but he does get to have the line about, what do I know? I'm supposed to be dead. And I was like, that's cute. That was a good line, and yeah. that's like the last line of the movie, so that's fun. Yeah, um, uh, but he his storytelling is unnecessary, whereas um, Iolaus Iolaus. Has actually performs a function. He's he's an important team member precisely because he can tell stories. Yeah, that bit at the end was like, why did you? Is it just because you needed something to finish the movie on? Mm. Is that why you did it? Yeah, because it it could have been something different. The line leading up to what do I know? I'm supposed to be dead. Mm. Could have been different. Um, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of moments again, like Snowpiercer, because I didn't know this was based on a comic. And there were no, a couple of me moments. Me neither, not until the end. No, see, there were a couple of moments where I was like, that's weirdly comic booky. <laughs> the same way I did when I mm. watched Snowpiercer. So, like, like what? I'm just trying. Um, a couple of things where they had, like, tableaus kind of a thing. Like, you know in oh, Snowpiercer when they all had them yep. line up for the photo when somebody had the shoe on the head? Particularly when they were the early 12 labors. Yeah. Mm. And there's a few things where it looks like there's a tableau. Yep. And I'm like... That's oddly comic booky, and I think that line at the end as well was mm. one of the moments where I was like, "That's oddly comic booky." Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like the the voiceovers comic books. Have. Yeah, um, and so those there were a few moments in there where I was like, and also the the nature of the collectible. Vill- uh, not villains, um, the collectible fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, this one has this weapon, which does this, and then he gets to do this kind of fighting. And then we'll go to this one who has arrows, and she goes up high, and then she has to fight them. And then this one has the throwing knives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But that that kind of collectible, like, you know, yeah. uh, thing was the same as Snowpiercer. Yeah. Where they had all of the sidekicks who had their little jobs. Mm. And those were, in both movies, they were things that made me go, wait a minute, this is comic book like, mm-hmm. which is 
you know, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think in this one, it's actually even a better thing than Snowpiercer because this one embraces it a lot more. Yeah. Whereas Snowpiercer was like, no, no, we're not like that. But it was like that. And it frustrated me that they were trying to yeah. distance themselves. Well, that's. I think that's why this is so – I enjoyed this so much is that it embraces the low and high-end aspects of itself. It embraces the simplicity of the story and the tropes and the comic bookness, but it's also really meta and all about big ideas about stories and people and power. Yeah. And mm. I kind of like Dwayne as an as a action hero. Mm. Uh, he's not always the best actor, but when he does stuff like this, it's good. He has a nice smile and it makes you connect with him and, and he but seems like he- a decent guy and also he gets to do some cool butt-kicking things. Yeah, well, like I'm saying, he's playing The Rock, right? He's playing that character that he knows so well. The, he's playing Dwayne, right? He's playing himself, but th- he's developed that character. Yeah. So he does it really well. And he seems like – it just seems like he's a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that comes through – when he does stuff like this, well, you know what I mean? That's why he got that People's Champion nickname. Like, it wasn't – wrestling is kind of interesting. In, I talk about it as a soap opera, and it is partially scripted and whatnot, but they work with what they've got in their athletes, and he is so relatable and friendly. Mm. And so that's that's his character, and that's what's built up. And it's not – you know, I mean, in real life, he's far more complicated than that, but that's his shtick, and that's what he does, and he know, and he know it comes through. So he kind of also knows how to work with his strengths. Yeah. And, and that's – but and that can be complicated of, and still be nice. Yeah, that's true. But he but he works to his strength, right? And he he knows that his strength is not some kind of quiet, contemplative family drama, right? <laughs> he knows his strength is muscles, fighting, engaging with ordinary folk. And kids. And kids, yes. Put him he's in a scene really, with a kid and it's always a good he, plan. Yeah, he's great with kids and like regular people and like the infantry. Of, of the army like he he's good with that mm. so he works to the str- the strengths that he has and so yeah he's not the greatest actor in the world and he knows that but he knows what his strengths are and he knows how what what makes what makes him look good and what is a good product to put out there for people that works with what he can do but that also ties in with the kind of um 80s vibe that i got from this as well mm. like that's what 80s action stars did with the exception of people like, say, your Bruce Willis's, who are actually genuinely good actors, mm. ignore modern-day Bruce Willis, um, huh. then Bruce Willis, who could do a lot of different stuff, mm. but not so much them, but, like, other, you know, um, people like Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and, and Dolph Stallone. Lundgren and Sylvester yeah. Stallone and, uh, and um, Jean-Claude Van Damme and stuff. That's, yes. That, that's kind yeah. of They ilk. were, like, muscly and they knew they weren't great actors, so they just kind of worked with what they had and embraced the cheesiness of what they were doing. Yeah. And I like that that's one of the things I liked most. I think that's one of the reasons why it was just so enjoyable. And you also, I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen, which really surprised me. Um, I thought it would be much more predictable than it was. I thought it would be much less engaging than it was. I didn't expect to like everybody quite so much. Mm. I will say that I had a bit of trouble watching this movie, which might, I don't know if that will affect my score or anything, but I was not very well. We were watching this today. Oh, you were dizzy. Yeah, I was dizzy. Yeah. So there were certain scenes where, even though it's not handheld, it looks great. I mean, it's not anything special, but it looks good for what it is. But there were moments when I had to close my eyes. 
because mm. I was getting the spin something rotten. And and oh yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, there were I didn't close my eyes, but there were some scenes where the violence is quite visceral. But I think again, that's deliberate. Yeah, because that it means bother me most no, of the exactly. Time. Well, no, I, I don't, it's starting to bother me. I don't know why. I think I'm just getting old and soft. But I don't think that was a problem. I think that was deliberate because it's it's meant to show you the real effects of violence and what what it means to be a soldier. And it's quite comic booky with yeah. the snicked sounds and stuff yeah, like the, that, the, right? the noise and the things breaking and crack and yeah. Yeah. No, the the violence doesn't bother me. Yeah. I think it was just that it was like in the middle of the action stuff. Yeah, welcome to and, my world. Um, yeah, but I didn't have any problems with this one, but I better than many understand the feeling of being a bit motion sick and off balance during a movie. Yeah, so that was very unusual for me and I couldn't quite handle that. I think most of the action stuff was fun because you got to see it from so many points of view. Mm. Like you go one person, then another person, then another person. It was an interesting look at battle tactics as well. Like they knew they didn't have a great army. Like they had, they were, we hear at the start, we've got this army of of farmers and they're Mm. not really trained. So instead of like trying to train them in too much into the knife fighting and the the real like nitty gritty of combat, they train them to make a shield and to defend themselves. Like that's and that's to do basic moves. Basic and they give them moves, good armor and work, stuff. Yeah, they give them really good protective stuff. They train them to be a shield and work as a team and work together. So I, that was teamwork really, is really the message. Of yeah, this movie. this movie and I think is if you're all about how everyone can contribute and it, but it's also about like the more skilled members of the team protecting the less skilled like the rock and his people really really care about keeping these farmers alive so they they give them really yeah the really good armor they teach them how to shield and protect one another and lock as a wall mm. rather than what and, and you know holding spears and stuff rather than expecting them to be doing what they're doing the highly skilled we've had years of training i'm an amazon kind of fighting which mm. they're not going to be able to do. So, it's, it, yeah, teamwork. Teamwork and democracy, like that really Greek tradition of the people ruling ruling by the people. Yeah, um, and the teamwork thing, I think when you look at the people who are probably going to get the most out of this movie are like 11 to 15-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. Even though the violence is quite strong, I think you're still going to get that group the most. Yeah. Um, and, and-, and I like the message of, especially with Atalanta in there and, the way they work well together and the way that they respect her and the way that everybody has a role in there. And even when Rufus Sewell, can't remember his character's name, when he um, leaves, The Rock respects that as like an option. He's like, okay, well, you know, if... It's uh, your choice. Yeah, it's your choice and you don't have to do this just because I'm I, doing it. And I wish you well and this is my choice and I choose to stay. Um, I, it, I think it is. It, so many of the movies that we see that are aimed at kids don't have that great message, but this is... This would this is a good message for teenage boys, mm. especially about working with others and working with girls as humans as well. Like and, <laughs> always and, nice, yeah, respecting their skills and because of course um, the I can't remember her name, Lord Codus's daughter. She's Virginia. She's respected for her skills too, with, mm. with her having trained herself as a healer and she's also a strong mother and leader and what you know wants the best for her kids and like she's got particular female set of skills that are valued mm. and important and she's part of the team by the end. I do have to say that the kid was not the best of child Oh, actors. I know. He, he was, was very sweet but not really up there. Um, no, bless him. But pretty much everybody else in there was kind of hitting below their weight but it made it more fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they are actors who could be in better movies but I think that made this more fun and well, it lifted it a bit from being – what could have been kind of average to something that was actually really enjoyable, mm. especially people like Ian McShane coming in and doing what he did to sort of 
kind of give it that that weight behind yeah, it. Yeah, he, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the team. Yes. Mm. So that was fun. Mm. I thought genuinely, like, I really enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed it on the same level that I would enjoy something like Clash of the Titans, mm. the the original one, not the new one, which is that, yes, it's a movie that's made a certain way and it's a certain kind of movie, right? Mm. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't hold value. Yeah. And I think this was so much fun and based on such likable sort of people mm. that you really enjoyed and connected with and wanted to – you want them to be okay. Yeah. And that's – it It has everything – it is I, – I said afterwards, I was like, I want to see this but with Scarlett Johansson. Like, I want to see something that's so relatable and fun and, and where she would get to be so strong and have people rallying around her. You don't often see women being the leaders like this. No. But with heart, and that's what I think the biggest that's what thing it, is, is Hercules has so much heart and mm, Lucy doesn't have any. No. Well, I mean, if you'd swapped him and Atalanta, yeah. like you, it'd probably have to put in a bigger name actress, just someone who's got a bit more clout. But, I mean, you put in one of the uh, – I'm sure there's a bunch of female wrestlers or a Lucy Lawless or that, oh, that type. Oh, Gina Carano. Yep. Do you know who she is? I c- feel like I do, but I can't remember. She is a female wrestler. She was in The Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, she was on um, Almost Human. You remember the yeah. Um, robot? Yeah, that's Gina Carano. And yeah, so people, someone like that could do that. sort of put her name out there a lot and she doesn't get to do as much as Well, you, you do that. She might. You, put, you put a woman in the lead, you put her in a slightly different costume and you can almost have your Wonder Woman movie. Right. Like, like that could be – This this was – that's – all it needs and it's really simple right it's like it it follows the formula but it does it properly so it's simple but good storytelling and simple tropes but not unexamined tropes and stereotypes but not again not unexamined and it's got a bit of brain to it and it's directed by of all people brett Brett ratner Ratner. like you would not think that it would be as fun as it is with brett ratner i had no idea he was directing it until i got to the end i was like oh I go. really liked the credits. <laughs> the credits were fantastic because, and they were using the um, they were done like they'd just been sort of computer rendered, um, mm. renderings of the original scenes that they'd done, and then but then with the other characters added in, it was kind of great. Yeah, I so I so enjoyed the credits. Once I figured out what was happening, it took me a couple of them. Mm. I like to watch the whole sequence again because I wasn't paying that much attention at first because you know I wasn't feeling that great, and then I was like, oh cool, they're going back through all of the yeah. trials, but they're showing how everybody worked together. This is neat yeah <laughs> like and also even arius the the little boy like he has a part to play in um in hercules's final victory yeah because he gives him back the nemean lion's tooth and that's what he uses to kill um one of the wolves with you know yeah, so like yeah. even the off-screen people have something to do in the teamwork Eugenia, when she gets saved he tells her to run and she goes and frees everybody else she doesn't just sit around and be useless no like everybody sort of does something. Mm, and all, all those little background things matter as well. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's that stuff. Mm. And it's nice to see a woman rescuing another woman, even if it is only for two seconds. Yep. You know, it's it's fun. And I just, I thought the movie was really, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And more than, say, another B movie that came out this year, which I saw, which was Pompeii. Mm. Um, this was a lot better than Pompeii. Yeah. Pompeii was like a bad but fun. I didn't even feel like this was bad. 
Yeah. I just didn't. We've just sat here for half an hour and praised this one because we weren't expecting it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Guardians was like, it came with Marvel and massive yeah. expectations. And I think and if I'd had high and- expectations for this, I wouldn't have liked yeah. it as much because it is cheesy. The, some of the lines are bad. Um, the acting from Dwayne Johnson isn't exactly the best ever, even if he is sweet. And he has such a nice smile. Every time he smiles, it makes me smile. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he's great. Because it's just this kind of sweet, genuine, and he's so huge and muscly, but then when he smiles like that, you're like, oh, he, That's his skill. He's really good at taking you along. Yeah, so, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm still not going to give it like the highest mark ever because I think even though people put a lot of effort into this, it certainly doesn't have that, yeah, that sheen well, that a lot of the other ones do. Uh, after talking about it and enjoying it so much, I think I'm probably going to, I'm still wavering. It, it, it's probably, probably a, at the same around, around the same spot as me. It's probably a three star, but I want to give it three and a half because that's what I gave Guardians and I liked this probably just as much. So uh, let's go. What's your actual star rating? Three and a half. I'll go three. Excellent. Okay. All right. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for the listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. We had a blast recording it. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can. We are at screen underscore queens. You can find us on Facebook at Silver Screen Queens. You can follow us on Tumblr, which is tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. You can see my movie reviews at silverscreenqueen. No S, because there's just one of me doing the written movie reviews. Um, have I missed anything? Silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com is your blog. You didn't finish oh, it. I thought I was just going to uh, – you can search. Um, oh, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com is and then my blog. silverscreenqueens.com for old episodes and show notes. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.